Hello, dear friends. It is December 25th. Merry Christmas. We're so grateful that we have a listening audience from all over the world. So, Joya Noel, Feliz Navidad, Feliz Natal, Happy Christmas, wherever you are. Whether you're sitting by the fire on a cold winter's day, trying to stay warm in the Northern Hemisphere, or you're trying to stay cool in the summery Southern Hemisphere, we are glad that you are here and ready to travel with us on today's installment of the One Year Bible Tour Guide Podcast. I've been thinking about the contrast between the Magi from the East and the religious professionals of Jerusalem in Matthew's account of the Nativity. It reminds us that as beneficial as scriptural knowledge may be, it is possible to know the Bible, yet not know God. Remember, the Magi from a far country in the East came to Jerusalem while Jesus was still an infant in response to the little knowledge that they had, most likely being informed about Israel's Messiah through the teachings of Daniel who oversaw the Magi in his day. But when these wise men came to Jerusalem, they inquired of the religious professionals what the scriptures said about where the Messiah would be born, for they had seen his star and had come to worship him. The religious leaders could report the scriptural facts that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. In fact, they could quote the scripture without looking it up. For the prophet Micah had said, But as for you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you one will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. The Jewish leaders, while knowing the scriptures, they themselves did nothing about it, while the Magi were obedient to the light they were given and found the Savior and King they had been seeking. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, bringing their gifts in the light of what the Scriptures revealed about the Messiah, the gift of gold, perfectly fitting for his office as the King of all kings, the gift of frankincense, which is the ingredient of incense and anointing oil and fitting for the Messiah's role as the great high priest and his mediatorial role, representing God to man and man to God, and the gift of myrrh, which is fitting for the work that he came to accomplish, myrrh being the fragrant ointment used for burial, speaking of his coming to die as our sin-bearing substitute, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The religious professionals had scriptural knowledge, but no heart knowledge of Christ, whereas the Magi gave their intelligent worship to him, honoring Jesus as the Christ, the anointed King, High Priest, and Lamb of God for sinners slain. Years later, when Jesus was in the midst of his ministry, he said to the priests, scribes, and Pharisees of his day, You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. It is these that testify about me, and you are unwilling to come to me so that you may have life. In John chapter 5, verses 39 and 40. So our prayer is that in all our Bible reading, you will not stop short of the goal, which is more than scriptural knowledge, it is the knowledge of Christ, and that you might come to him so that you might have life, that you might have salvation. He who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son does not have the life. 1 John chapter 5, verse 12. When you know Christ is your Savior, your Lord, and your life, you will experience what the prophet Jeremiah said was part of the new covenant. The law will be written on your inward parts, that is, your heart. It is not enough to have the knowledge of the Bible. We must have its truth written upon our hearts. And Jesus said, I am the truth, I am the life, and I am the way. No one comes to the Father but by me. That is, by putting their trust in who he is and what he has done. 
So I ask you on this Christmas day, when people think about our Savior's birth, has he been born in you? Do you know him or just about him? When you hear this truth, what do you do about it? You come to him, believe on him. He's the only means of your salvation. If you believe that he is who he claims to be, the Son of God come into the world to save repentant sinners who put their trust in him, you can be born again of the Holy Spirit. The new birth gives us a new heart, a new capacity to know God by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth with whom you are sealed when you believe. So on this one-year Bible tour, we are not satisfied with the mere knowledge of the Bible, although, as you know, we do not discount the value of daily Bible reading. We just want to be sure that our listeners don't miss the mark and that they experientially come to personal knowledge of the Lord and enjoy day-to-day fellowship with Him. So, Lord, we ask that you open our eyes that we may behold wondrous things and that we may truly come to know you through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's get started reading today's portions from the one-year Bible, first by reading the next chapter from the Old Testament, the book of Zechariah, chapter 8. And then we will go on to the New Testament, read the next chapter of the book of Revelation. And as usual, we will make stops at the Bible's song and prayer book, the book of Psalms, and its treasure house of wisdom, the book of Proverbs. Zechariah chapter 8, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. The coming peace and prosperity of Zion. And the word of the Lord of hosts came, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I am jealous for Zion with great jealousy, and I am jealous for her with great wrath. Thus says the Lord, I have returned to Zion and will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem, and Jerusalem shall be called the faithful city, and the mountain of the Lord of hosts the holy mountain. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Old men and old women shall again sit in the streets of Jerusalem, each with staff in hand because of great age and the streets of the city shall be full of boys and girls playing in its streets. Thus says the Lord of hosts, If it is marvelous in the sight of the remnant of this people in those days, should it also be marvelous in my sight, declares the Lord of hosts? Thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold, I will save my people from the east country and from the west country, and I will bring them to dwell in the midst of Jerusalem, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God in faithfulness and in righteousness. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Let your hands be strong, you who in these days have been hearing these words from the mouth of the prophets, who were present on the day that the foundation of the house of the Lord of hosts was laid, that the temple might be built. For before those days there was no wage for man or any wage for beast, neither was there any safety from the foe for him who went out or came in, for I set every man against his neighbor. But now I will not deal with the remnant of this people as in the former days, declares the Lord of hosts. For there shall be a sowing of peace. The vine shall give its fruit, and the ground shall give its produce, and the heavens shall give their due. And I will cause the remnant of this people to possess all these things. And as you have been a byword of cursing among the nations, O house of Judah and house of Israel, so will I save you, and you shall be a blessing. Fear not, but let your hands be strong. For thus says the Lord of hosts, As I purposed to bring disaster to you when your fathers provoked me to wrath, and I did not relent, says the Lord of hosts, so again have I purposed in these days to bring good to Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. Fear not. These are the things that you shall do. Speak the truth to one another. 
Render in your gates judgments that are true and make for peace. Do not devise evil in your hearts against one another. And love no false oath, for all these things I hate, declares the Lord. And the word of the Lord of hosts came to me, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, The fast of the fourth month, and the fast of the fifth, and the fast of the seventh, and the fast of the tenth, shall be to the house of Judah seasons of joy and gladness and cheerful feasts. Therefore love truth and peace. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Peoples shall yet come, even the inhabitants of many cities. The inhabitants of one city shall go to another, saying, Let us go at once to entreat the favor of the Lord and to seek the Lord of hosts. I myself am going. Many peoples and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to entreat the favor of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, In those days ten men from the nations of every tongue shall take hold of the robe of a Jew, saying, Let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. And this concludes our reading from today's portion from the Old Testament, from the book of Zechariah. The phrase, Thus says the Lord of hosts, occurs ten times in this chapter. Zechariah chapter 8, verse 2, verse 3, 4, 6, 7, 9, 14, 19, 20, and 23. The Lord nurtures the faith and hope of His people by offering them promises for the future. He is jealous for the devotion of His chosen city, Jerusalem, and assures her that in the future she will be called the Faithful City in the ESV or the City of Truth in the NASB. And the mountain of the Lord will have the reputation of being the Holy Mountain in Zechariah chapter 8, verse 3. When Jesus returns, He will rule a God-centered world, a truth-seeking justice-loving, people-respecting, law-abiding world. The Lord promises to save His people, defeating enemies from the east and west. The old and the young will feel safe in the streets. In Zechariah chapter 8, verse 5, how different from our cities today. For a time, God gave Israel the shoulder, even to the point of disowning her. He called His covenant-forsaking people Lo-Ami, meaning, You are not my people, and I will not be your God. Hosea chapter 1, verse 9. She was punished for her idolatry by being taken into exile by the Assyrians and Babylonians. She was also punished for rejecting the Messiah by being scattered throughout the earth. But the Lord promised to bring them back. We are seeing the fulfillment of these prophecies in our lifetime. In Zechariah chapter 8, verse 8, And I will bring them back, and they will live in the midst of Jerusalem, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God in truth and righteousness. Let's move on to the New Testament reading from the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 16, The Seven Bowls of God's Wrath. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple telling the seven angels, Go and pour out on the earth the seven bowls of the wrath of God. So the first angel went and poured out his bowl on the earth, and harmful and painful sores came upon the people who bore the mark of the beast and worshipped its image. The second angel poured out his bowl into the sea, and it became like the blood of a corpse, and every living thing died that was in the sea. The third angel poured out his bowl into the rivers and the springs of water, and they became blood. And I heard the angel in charge of the waters say, Just are you, O Holy One, who is and who was, for you brought these judgments. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink. It is what they deserve. And I heard the altar saying, 
Yes, Lord God, the Almighty, true and just are your judgments. The fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and it was allowed to scorch people with fire, and they were scorched by the fierce heat, and they cursed the name of God who had power over these plagues. They did not repent and give him glory. The fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and its kingdom was plunged into darkness. People gnawed their tongues in anguish and cursed the God of heaven for their pain and sores. They did not repent of their deeds. The sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. And I saw coming out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet three unclean spirits like frogs, for they are demonic spirits, performing signs, who go abroad to the kings of the whole world to assemble them for battle on the great day of God the Almighty. Behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping his garments on, that he may not go about naked and be seen exposed. And they assembled them at the place that in Hebrew is called Armageddon. The Seventh Bowl The seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and a loud voice came out of the temple from the throne, saying, It is done. And there were flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, and a great earthquake such as there had never been since man was on the earth. So great was that earthquake. The great city was split into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell, and God remembered Babylon the great to make her drain the cup of the wine of the fury of his wrath. And every island fled away, and no mountains were to be found. And great hailstones, about one hundred pounds each, fell from heaven on people, and they cursed God for the plague of the hail, because the plague was so severe. This concludes our reading from the New Testament portion from the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. We have been preparing for this moment since chapter 11, verse 15, when the seventh trumpet sounded. Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign for ever and ever. Revelation chapter 11, verse 15. Remember, chapters 12 through 15 served as a parenthesis introducing us to the seven personages that were operating behind the scenes. The seventh trumpet sounded by the seventh angel signaled that the time had come for pouring out the seven bowls of wrath. The Greek word for bowls implies saucer-shaped containers. Chapter 16 records the seven bowl judgments, which are swift and final rapid-fire judgments that come upon the earth immediately prior to the return of Jesus Christ. These culminate with the climactic battle of Armageddon, during which men rally in opposition to the Lamb of God. This final display of mankind's impudence will be interrupted by the appearance of Jesus Christ the Messiah in chapter 19. The seed of the woman, that is Christ, will crush the head, meaning depose the rule of the serpent. Bowl number one, harmful and painful sores plague those who received the mark of the beast. Bowl number two, the salt water of the sea becomes like the blood of a corpse and every living thing that is in the sea will die. Bowl number three, the fresh water systems of springs and rivers will become like blood. 
The angel in charge of the water sees this as a just punishment for those who shed the blood of saints and prophets. In chapter 16, verse 6. Bowl number 4. The bowl was poured out on the sun, which was then allowed to scorch people with fierce heat, causing people to curse God. Then we read these fateful words, They did not repent of their deeds. Revelation chapter 16, verse 9b. Bowl number 5. The bowl is poured out on the throne of the beast and his kingdom, plunging it into darkness. The darkness is felt, causing pain and sores. Once again the people curse God, and they did not repent of their deeds. Revelation chapter 16, verse 11b. Bowl number 6. The bowl is poured out on the great river Euphrates, drying up its waters and preparing a way for the kings of the east to march to Jerusalem for the battle of Armageddon. Unclean demonic spirits are released from the mouth of the dragon, Satan, the beast, Antichrist, and the mouth of the false prophet. These spirits are likened to frogs. These three unleashed demonic spirits are instrumental in calling the nations to assemble on the battlefield of Armageddon and war against the army of God's elect. Jesus himself speaks in this parenthesis, Behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and keeps his clothes, so that he will not walk about naked and men will not see his shame. Revelation chapter 16 verse 15. Bowl number 7. The seventh angel pours out the seventh bowl into the air for the dramatic climax. A loud voice is heard coming from the throne in the midst of the temple, shouting, It is done. It has come into being. Bowl number 7 unleashes the fury of a great earthquake with thunder, lightning flashes, and tumult surpassing anything experienced in human history. The great city is split into three parts and the cities of the earth fall. Great topographical changes take place. Islands flee away and mountains are removed. Babylon the Great also falls. The details will follow in chapters 17 and 18. John shows that this is not mere symbol. He describes the 100-pound weight of some of the hailstones that fall upon people. Now let's move on to our reading from the book of Psalms. Today we are reading Psalm 144, verses 1 through 15. My Rock and My Fortress, a Psalm of David. Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. He is my steadfast love and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield and he in whom I take refuge, who subdues peoples under me. O Lord, what is man that you regard him, or the son of man that you think of him? Man is like a breath, his days are like a passing shadow. Bow your heavens, O Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains so that they smoke. Flash forth the lightning and scatter them. Send out your arrows and rout them. Stretch out your hand from on high. Rescue me and deliver me from the many waters, from the hand of foreigners, whose mouths speak lies and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. I will sing a new song to you, O God. Upon a ten-stringed harp I will play to you, who gives victory to kings, who rescues David his servant from the cruel sword. Rescue me and deliver me from the hand of foreigners, whose mouths speak lies and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. May our sons in their youth be like plants full-grown, our daughters like corner pillars, 
cut for the structure of a palace. May our granaries be full, providing all kinds of produce. May our sheep bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our fields. May our cattle be heavy with young, suffering no mishap or failure in bearing. May there be no cry of distress in our streets. Blessed are the people to whom such blessings fall. Blessed are the people whose God is the Lord. Let's take a few moments to reflect. We are in training for reigning. God uses life circumstances to teach us to lean into His counsel and learn the art of responding to His provisions for overcoming sin and deception. He teaches our hands to war. He readies us for the good fight of faith. In verse 1, we learn to trust Him and remain secure in our relationship to Him. In verse 2, the psalmist affirms God's covenantal promises to be His Savior. He speaks of the Lord as being my loving kindness, my fortress, my stronghold, my deliverer, my shield, my conqueror. Do you know Him this way? Have you laid hold of the privileged relationship offered to you? The Lord is your shepherd. He is your king. The mystery of God's kindness to us causes us to marvel. What is man that you take knowledge of him? In verse 3. David calls for the Lord to show himself once again to be strong on his behalf. Stretch forth your hand from on high. Rescue me and deliver me out of great waters, out of the hand of aliens, whose mouths speak deceit and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. Verses 7 and 8. Rescue me and deliver me out of the hand of aliens whose mouth speaks deceit and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. In verse 11, David promises to praise the Lord with a new song as he experiences fresh revelation and new deliverances. He is not shy to ask for God's blessing because of his gracious covenant. It is all because of God's gracious promise to bless those who by faith are situated in his promise, that is, in Christ Jesus for this is where we are positioned. How blessed are the people who are so situated! How blessed are the people whose God is the Lord! Psalm 144, verse 15. Now for our final stop on today's Bible reading tour, we go to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 30, verses 29 through 31. Three things are stately in their tread. Four are stately in their stride. The lion, which is the mightiest among beasts, and does not turn back before any. The strutting rooster, the he-goat, and a king whose army is with him. The writer of Proverbs once again uses the literary device of comparison and contrast with a set of four general truisms, drawing our attention to what distinguishes the fourth. He is describing majestic qualities, three evident in the animal kingdom, and the fourth and final comparison being a description of a human king. Whereas proud strides of the lion, the rooster, and the male goat demonstrate kingly confidence in their inherent prowess, the majesty of a human king is dependent upon those who will support and protect his rule. Without a supporting army, his majestic power and ability to maintain his kingship dissipates. Thus the kingdoms of this world rise and fall. Now let's pray in the light of what we have learned. Almighty God, you lead us in the battle. You teach us how to stand in Christ and overcome the enemy. Thank you for the full armor we have through the word and prayer. We are girded with your full counsel from Genesis to Revelation. You have given us a sure standing through the gospel, 
a breastplate of righteousness, helmet of salvation, and a shield of faith. Help us to wield the sword of your word with the agility of the Holy Spirit. Put your finger on idolatries and enable us to turn from them as we put our full trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. We trust that you are enjoying the holidays and that this time of meditation upon God's Word is making your days even more special. Let your holidays be nothing less than holy days. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can always write to us at podcast at newlife.org. If you'd like to receive a written copy of our daily commentary on each day's reading, you can go to our website, newlife.org. God willing, we'll be with you tomorrow as we continue our Bible reading journey as we're coming into the finish of reading through the Bible in the book of Revelation and the penultimate book of Zechariah in the Old Testament. Father, bless these Bible reading companions and give them great hunger to continue in your word. May none of them fall short of coming to know you personally. And we ask this in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the anointed King, Priest, Prophet, and Lamb of God for sinners slain. May his peace be with you. Shalom. Shalom.